This is episode number 19 with Jessica Rhodes, the founder of Interview Connections. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm wondering, do you have an idea for a product or a service, but you're just not sure where to begin? Or maybe you just feel a deep knowing that you're, you want more from life, but you're stuck. Well, today's guest was in a transition point herself. She knew that although she was thriving in her career and being promoted, once she became a mom, she wanted to be with her kids and have more control over her schedule. Now, she's going to tell her story in her own words in just a minute, but I want you to pay attention to how, just like the other women entrepreneurs I've interviewed who are doing unique things, the magic started with her willingness to take that first step. On the show today is Jessica Rhodes. She's the founder of Interview Connections, which is the world's first podcast booking agency. And in fact, it's Jessica who pioneered this industry just six years ago and has scaled her company to almost seven figures. Now she's going to share her best tips for success in scaling a business, as well as some of her failures and lessons learned. You'll find that Jessica's smart, down to earth, and has some interesting stories to share. All of the notes will be at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash zero one nine. But my hope is that you walk away knowing that you too can do something different, something big, something new. All you have to do is be willing to take that first step. On that note, let's get on into the interview. Hey, welcome, Jessica. Hey, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you again. Oh, me too. I really am intrigued by your story. You've had such success right out of the gate. And I think a lot of the women listening are going to be very curious to understand how you got started. So could you take a minute and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. So a little bit of a background on me. So I live in Rhode Island and I'm married with two kids. And I start there because my family and having kids was really the start of me becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I would not be in this business or in this place if it wasn't for the motivation to be a stay-at-home mom. So a little bit of a backstory. I was working for a nonprofit for six years. Um, and towards the end of that tenure, I, you know, my husband and I were ready to start having kids. And that was what made me say, okay, I want to be home with my son when he's born. Um, and so I started my business, my online virtual assistant business at the time. Um, I didn't, that makes it sound like I was like, great, I'm just going to start a business. 
years. My dad, actually, <laughs> I didn't know everything at that time. My dad um, is a business coach. And when I shared with my parents that I wanted to be home when the baby came, he said, hey, you should be a virtual assistant. It's this great industry where you know a lot of women have their own businesses. They create their own hours. Uh, they have more you know, financial and time freedom, location dependence. And I was like, well, that sounds great. <laughs> so I started a virtual assistant business and my dad was like, I'll be your first client, but you've got to work for it. You've got to read my books and go through my courses. You have to really, you know, learn a lot about, um, online marketing and business and entrepreneurship. So I really became a student of business at that time. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that he had me do as a assistant was book him for interviews on podcasts. So that was really kind of when the door opened to everything else that I've created in my business um, was I had started booking him for interviews on podcasts and and kind of the rest is history. There's so many more details, but I'll kind of pause there. <laughs> yeah, no, this is so good. And I think a lot of the women will relate. I think as a mom myself and a, many of the listeners are in fact moms, we want, we kind of want it all. We want to be home with our children, but we want to have mm-hmm. something of our own, whether that is our own business or something that we do on the side that at least gives a sense of satisfaction and contentment that's beyond being a mom or even a wife. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And I really want to just um, add a little bit more to that because at the time I, you know, I had, I graduated college. I had worked my way up in this nonprofit. I was directing my own office. I really felt like I had climbed that career ladder and was, and was doing well in the industry that I was working in and I had studied in. And then when I, you know, was pregnant and your priorities kind of shift a little bit, it's kind of no longer about you and your pride. Um, you know, when I started my own business, it really didn't feel like I was now a business owner. I felt like I became a contractor making $15 an hour, which was exactly true. (laughs) So, well, it sounds good to be like, I started my own business. I was really taking a big pay cut and doing things like checking back, you know, I I was going through my dad's membership sites and making sure the links weren't broken. I was sorting all of his videos by category. I mean, it was, it was like grunt work. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. No offense if that's what anybody is doing right now. That's my point is, and why I wanted to shed light on that is because what I realized in hindsight is like, you have to just do things to work your way up and kind of a new industry. So while you might be really successful in one industry, if you're kind of taking a step over and maybe starting your own business, you kind of have to work your way up again and swallow your pride sometimes and realize like, you know what, I need to do some things to get back to a new place in my life. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I think it's so true. And sometimes you literally just need to start. You know, everybody wants to have everything figured out, but you need to just take that first step and see where it leads you, which is what happened to you. So your company is Interview Connections. And you mentioned that your dad had you booking him on other people's podcasts. So can you talk to us about what Interview Connections did and how it sort of organically grew out of what you were doing for your father? Yeah, absolutely. So really within the first six months of uh, starting that virtual assistant business, um, one of the tasks I was doing as a VA was booking him on podcast booking. I had taken on a couple other clients that he referred to me. And I got to a point where I wanted to be scaling the business more. I I didn't want to be just invoicing people for the hours I was working. Um, And my dad really coached me and helped me figure out this new business that I could create based on that service. So in the fall of 2013, I 
founded Interview Connections. Uh, we're the first and leading podcast booking agency. Um, you know, at the time, it was really just me and structuring my service a little bit differently, having packages instead of I'm going to work for you by the hour. Um, I built up a virtual team in the first year or two. I started hiring, uh, well, taking on contractors and working with other virtual assistants who could help me book the interviews. And then in 2017, I changed my model to having in-house employees. So I got rid of all of my virtual team members and I hired local employees, got an office space and, uh, the business has just doubled every year for the last couple of years. We've There's 12 of us now um, in our office. It's such a good story, Jessica. And I think, you know, I know that you happen to make six figures your first year, which, you know, I think for people listening, you have to just keep in perspective what, you know, is possible. But you had tremendous success right out of the gate, I have to say. So I love to get into mindset a bit because I think that it's critical um, in terms of just even taking each next step and allowing yourself to grow and to pivot like that you like you did. So mm-hmm. can you take us into your mindset around that time? You know, how did you mm-hmm. like, did you start thinking of yourself as a business owner versus just, you know, somebody getting paid $15 an hour? Like what was that transition point Mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. Yeah. So when I started Interview Connections, there was a definite shift. I was not Jessica Rhodes' virtual assistant. I had a company now. Um, There was also, there was, you know, there was no space for being entitled for a certain amount of money. Um, I was a student of business and I was there to learn and to take guidance from people that I knew had more experience than, uh, than me. So in January of 2014, I enrolled in my dad's mastermind and coaching program and he made me pay. <laughs> oh, so, I love that. I actually kind of love that because yeah. <laughs> then you yeah, take it more I, seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, you know, I, I had been kind of following along, um, learning from people in his group, but I said, you know what, I want to really take this seriously. So I made a lot of investments. So while my, my revenue really grew quickly, I was not necessarily taking home that much money. I was really making investments. I invested in his coaching program. And I, when I say I did what he told me to do, I did what he told me to do. Like there were some things that he was like, you should, you know, you got to do this, go to this conference, do this thing. And I was like nervous about it, but I had no experience. I was not a business owner in a previous, like I have never done it before. And I knew that he knew what he was doing. So, you know, he would advise me on what to do and I just did it. I, and so many people will work with a coach or a mentor and they'll second guess everything that person advises them to do. And I think that's a huge mistake people make. They're like, well, I already tried that. Or I call them, my dad calls them tire kickers. He doesn't let tire kickers in his group where mm-hmm. every suggestion you give them, they're like, I don't know if that's going to work. I didn't know if it was going to work. I just did it because I paid him to help me and I was going to get my money's worth. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's actually a great story, but I think it's really critical. Um, two things mm-hmm. you said stood out. One is just being a student of business. Like, mm-hmm. you know, once you embark on an entrepreneurial journey or anything new, you have to be open to getting feedback and, and mm-hmm. pivoting and changing and doing what you need to do. And also what I appreciate you mentioning is that there's a lot of output in spending that first, you know, yeah. couple years. And so being willing to invest in yourself, I think making that mindset shift to, you know, really taking your business very seriously and making those investments. I see that as one of the, 
things that hold a lot of the women I work with back initially is that fear of like, oh, I don't want to spend too much. It's like you do have to invest in your in yourself and the growth of your company. Um, yes. And another thing about the mindset that has to do with the investments is there is a, there was a big mindset shift in looking at money and investments. Um, you know, it took about a year to like separate the business finances from my personal finances. Cause at first you're not making enough to like have a separate bank account for your business. Right. Um, but, you know, <laughs> like what's the point, you know, giving myself all the money that comes in, but, uh, I incorporated the business about a year into it. I was like sole proprietor, then incorporated and got everything like set up with its own accounts. And, you know, as individuals and as just regular people, like we don't want to have credit card debt. We we want to just like be responsible with our finances. But the difference about a business is sometimes you have to invest in a business. You have to put money out before money comes in. I mean, there were conferences that I had to go to to get in front of potential clients. Like I was not going to meet them otherwise. And it was so, I mean, there were times where I like, there's certain memories. Like I remember being on the phone with my dad sitting on the couch being like, I just don't know if I should go to this conference. Like I'm going to have to put this $500 ticket on a credit card. And, and, and I just remember having those kind of like gut checks of like, is this wrong? Or like, should I be putting out this money? I don't have the cash to pay for this, but I'm also confident that if I make this investment, I'm going to get clients from it, which is going to bring more money back in. So there was definitely a mindset shift is like, you know, some people do everything in cash and that, you know, that works for me personally. I had to, take on some debt to make investments that then led to more business in the future. Yeah, that's so important. And I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people, even even if it's their resistance to doing that, because I think it's true that many of us worked in corporate. We had, you know, we were very successful before we became moms and mm -hmm. we're making a good paycheck and had a life. And so, you know, when you're making that transition, you want to do what you feel is right by your family. And you want right. to right, not feel like you're taking or like creating mm -hmm. any other, you know, risk or something to your financial situation. So I think, you know, I give you a lot of credit for that. You had the courage you needed, but you also, you knew, you knew on an intuitive level. And you also knew from the coaching that you were getting that this was the pathway to mm -hmm. grow, to grow and to get to the next phase. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the coaching was so key, like, because you know, I was a new business owner and it's, I, I didn't always know. And so having a coach or a mentor who you can run stuff by, and if they say you should do this, like, even if it's scary, sometimes you just need to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So we're going to put that on a list, you know, definitely got a good business coach. You were fortunate that it was your dad and you knew he knew his stuff. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> um, so Jessica, what I love about your story too, is that you're pioneering this space. So podcasting for anyone out there who loves podcasts, the way that Jessica and I love podcasts, um, you know, it's really just been around since about 2004. And, um, you know, y you booking people on podcasts, you were pioneering in this space. Can mm -hmm. you talk more about that? I mean, was there any thing that came up for you around, you know, knowing that you are the, really the first one in, like, that's such a good thing, but also there's a lot of risk there too. Oh boy. Yeah. So it's been, it's been crazy because when I first started booking podcast interviews and I started interview connections, nobody was doing it. There were no other podcast booking agencies. There was definitely this growing interest in doing podcasting and getting interviewed on podcasts. You know, at the time, I think what I just thought was like, cool, I found a little niche here. There's enough people who want to do it that I can have a nice little business doing it. But I didn't know what it would turn into. Um, 
And so I remember after, oh, maybe 2015, I had a client who was working with Interview Connections for a whole year, you know, good long-term client. And about, you know, he left and was like, I'm just getting a lot of incoming requests. So you guys are great. It's going well, but I don't need the services anymore. And I was like, cool. About two months later, he had started an almost identical business. (gasps) No, Jessica, no. He took your model. I (gasps) I was like, what? Like, it was such a surprise because like, it's like, oh my gosh, like what's happening? I had never had a competitor before. Like at any sales call I did, there was no other choices. Like if someone wanted to do it, I was the only one doing it. So that was like, okay, like this is changing now. Like if you start a marketing agency or if you're, you know, a life coach, like there's a million of them out there. Like you're just, you go into the business knowing that there's other people out there doing it. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my experience. I had never had the experience of having competitors before. So, and to have it be someone that worked with me for a year and then went on to like claim that he's like the leader in the industry. I'm like, what? (laughs) Did he take any of your stuff? Did he take any of your, like, did he repurpose your stuff or no? No, I mean, he, you know, he played a pretty professional. Uh I have had other experiences. I mean, there was, it's a kind of a similar sounding name. So there was some market confusion and I'm like, in this industry with interviews, I mean, basically every booking agency has got either podcast or interview or book. Like it's, they're all kind of playing on the, on what we actually do. So, you know, but uh, there have been other people that come up. Like there was one time where I found the website and like this, they copied my sales copy, like (gasps) word for word. And I was like, goodness. So I, I, you know, I've sent some, some legal letters. Um, but it, that has been a really, really, um, I don't even know how to describe the experience, but just continuing to be the leader. I mean, I'll tell you some of the things that I've done to, you know, because we talk a lot about like mindset on this show is just staying positive. I unfollow my competitors. I see really no purpose in following them because I just get angry. I am human. Sure. (laughs) uh, You know, Um, so I I really am... um, purposeful in not letting myself get into this, like they copied me mentality, because as a human, that is often where my mind can go. So I really am careful just to like unfollow people. It is helpful to know what's out there and to kind of keep an eye on it. Um, that's also why it's good to have a team and a business partner who can sometimes look around with it, not as much of an emotional attachment. Sure. Of course. No, no, that's true. So, um, I forget your original question, but, uh, (laughs) It's been interesting, I think, to stay the leader. We've had to um, just always be ahead of the curve and just be constantly focusing on delivering top-notch service. Um, businesses that that get started and have a similar model are they they look to us. I mean, some of the other competitors are people that you know weren't clients but worked for me, or another competitor like had interviewed me on their podcast and then you know started doing a similar service. So, so many of the other agencies doing this have learned from me, which I guess is like, I can just be optimistic about that and say like, that's so great. (laughs) You know what? Um, Kudos to Yes, that is so great because you are the benchmark that they're comparing themselves to. Like, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been really interesting and we've just, um, we've been really, um, aggressive in growing the business, like taking on while every other agency is, you know, run virtually, like they're using virtual assistants. A lot of people in online in the online business space are not using employees because everyone wants to work from home. So we're different in that space. We have employees, we have an office. So we have some stability to our business that our competitors don't have. Um, and we know that because we used to have virtual teams. So that's some of the things that we've done and, and thought through. 
It's so good that you mentioned about not paying attention to competitors, because I think that, you know, even when somebody's starting out, they spend so much time reading what other people in the space that they want to get into are doing that they Uh, lose their voice. They lose their authentic messaging. And so, you know, if you take one thing away from this interview with Jessica, like this is huge. What you just talked about Mm -hmm. is really, I, I think that's so wise that you're doing that and unfollowing and it is important, though, if somebody's stealing your copy, yeah, get the lawyers on them sure. and, and shut that mm-hmm. down. Like, that's just unethical. Right. But I also think that that shows the integrity of the company and then they won't mm-hmm. be that successful because it's not at exactly. the same caliber. So, like, they're going to do be their own undoing at some point. So, mm-hmm. in a way, they're not even competitors because they're not playing on the same field as you are. You're on a different level exactly. altogether. Yeah, exactly. You just have to... Yeah, kind of keep your blinders on. That's another reason why we've kind of strategically um, not gone to as many industry-focused conferences um, because, you know, what we realize is, um, like, we went to Podcast Movement for several years, and it's a great conference, but the last year we went, there were just so many other competitors that were standing at the booth and everyone's just saying, well, oh, how are you different from them? Mm. And it's like, I don't need this. Right, right, <laughs> <So> right. <laughs> not that I don't need this. I don't want to like occur as a snob, but but we go to conferences outside of our industry. And I just yeah. think that's a really important lesson is that it can seem like, oh, I need to go to all of my industry conferences when in reality, like your clients probably aren't in your industry. So go to other conferences where you're the only option, not one of many options. You're so wise. You really are so wise. Um, I'm not surprised you're so successful. And actually, I can understand why you would be sensitive or get upset because you were the, you were the first one in. And so you've literally created this space. So I totally <laughs> yeah. feel that. Um, you know, I'm wondering, though, once the competitors came on board, in a way, though, it also can improve your game, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Can I'm, you talk I'm, a little about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's a good thing that there are competitors. I mean, what, what some like friends and clients have said over the years is, Hey, um, you know, Pepsi was the best thing that ever happened to Coca-Cola. Yes. I don't know if it was the opposite, whichever yeah, yeah. came first, I but get it. Yeah. you know, having competitors makes you better. Um, you know, it, it's sometimes you can see what they're doing and say like, how are they doing that? And it, it just, yeah, it does help you better. It, it helps you make you better. Um, it really forces you to be the best because, Um, you know, we're always like our best marketing is actually just improving the service because our clients have such a good experience. They're referring, um, like literally I had a sales call before this interview and the guy said, you know, I've reached out to a couple of agencies and I just like your process so much more. You actually got on the phone with me. Everyone else just emailed me. Mm. (laughs) It's like little things like that. It's insane what it takes to stand out. It's like, oh my gosh, just getting on the phone with people is making me stand out. Yeah, but you're smart. You're just, I think yeah. you've got, my guess is your, you know, your dad shaped you in a good way, but that you have really good intuition. Now you've been very successful out of the gate. So even though there was a lot of spending, you've doubled your revenue every year and you are mm-hmm. on the cusp now of seven figures in a very brand, in a brand new industry, which is impressive, Jessica. So you know, talk to us about that. Like, how have you been strategically doing the growth piece of it? Again, is it, mm-hmm. are you continuing to get coaching? Um, how, how, what, what are you putting into place? 
Yes. Um, so yeah, regarding coaching, we started working with Allie Brown um, a year ago. We're about to go into our second year with her. And she is a top business coach for female entrepreneurs um, who are over seven figures. So that is why we chose her is because we wanted to get to seven figures. Um, and she was the only coach I would I saw as an option to get there because mm-hmm. that's literally her specialty. Yeah. Um, so She's amazing. So, I follow her podcast. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Yeah, she she's great. And so and I, I really like her focus um because she really talks about just iconic positioning and what really captured, you know, my attention about her is that she's not about like the marketing uh, formulas and it's not like you need to do this or you need to do that. She asks these really just like just these questions that get you thinking about things in a new way. Um, and just her experience working with high level entrepreneurs really has helped us up level our positioning. So we've rebranded and, um, a couple years ago we rebranded after I did a VIP day with her and that really helped too, because it made us stand apart from everyone else in our industry. Um, so we have, so that's a big piece because now we work with higher level entrepreneurs. Um, so we specific, like we've kind of shifted who our target audience mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started and where a lot of our, um, our, uh, competitors are at is like, they're just focusing on entrepreneurs that are like lower in revenue or newer in business. And so we've shifted our focus to working with companies that are high six and seven figures. Some of our clients have eight figure companies. Um, so that is really key because it is hard to sell to people who are not making a lot of money. Sure. No, it's true. <laughs> um, So we've just like made the focus to, you know, market to and attract clients that have a healthy marketing budget. Um, They're just easier to work with. And because of the podcasting strategy, it, it is an it is a marketing strategy that is for brand building. And so one thing that I talk to people about is you to, to work with us and to have success in podcasting is you have to have enough money in your marketing budget where you can make the investment and not get an from that strategy right away um, because it takes some time to see the return on investment. And so if you're in that place where any investment you make, like for example, where I was when I was going to conferences, for me to feel confident, I had to know that pretty soon after that conference, I was going to meet someone and they were going to become a client. That's where I was in my business at that time. Mm. Um, Now, like when you get further along in your business, when you're at like mid high six figures, you've got some money to work with where you can be making investments that, you know, they might not produce a return right away, but you know, it's a long-term investment. And those are important too. My dad always talked to me about, you need to be working on stuff for current revenue and future revenue. Cause you always want to be thinking ahead. And of course you always got to pay the bills today. Is your your dad still coaching? Maybe we should give him a shout out too. (laughs) Yeah. Jim Palmer. Um, he's amazing. So he's, he's super helpful. He works, he's a great business coach. Um, his website is getjimpalmer.com and he's so great. (laughs) Okay. We're just going to give him that shout out because he does sound really great. (laughs) Um, okay. So yes, we will check out your dad for sure. Okay. So this is so good though, but what other strategies did you put in place then in addition to, you know, working with Allie and, um, um, niching in a way to more of the six figure up clients. So one of the things that I did that really was important as I kind of catapulted from low six figures into high six figures was I, um, sponsored conferences. And I know I 
touched on briefly how we're not going to as many industry conferences, but that was a huge part of our growth. Um, so we found some conferences, some different podcasting conferences, marketing events, and we got a booth. Um, and that was a pretty big investment. But by having a booth, it's good for positioning. So when you make an investment in your business, it automatically positions you as a business that has money to invest and people want to work with businesses that are doing well. Um, so by investing in a booth, not only were we getting in front of our target market and getting new clients at the conference, um, but it did position us as a growing um, company, which was really, really great. Also speaking at conferences. So I got together my speaking topics and I applied to speak. So I've spoken at several podcasting conferences and uh, FinCon's a marketing conference for the finance industry, which is a great market for us. Um, so yeah, speaking and just getting visible at conferences. I also get interviewed on podcasts. So that's just a great way for me to continue to get out there and to be speaking about this. Like literally just today I went on LinkedIn and somebody messaged me. I had an interview go live yesterday on the B2B revenue show and somebody messaged me and say, Hey, I just heard your interview. I didn't even know an agency like this existed. Yeah. So it's still a brand new concept mm -hmm. to people that are not in the podcasting space. Totally. And I heard you speaking on a podcast, which is why I reached out to you. So, yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah that's a great strategy. Um, mm -hmm. Jessica, a lot of times, you know, people hear this and maybe they'll feel a little bit discouraged, like, oh, wow, she's so successful. I don't know if I can do that. And hearing a lesson or a failure that you've experienced uh. along the way can be so helpful for other women, I think, who are listening. So is there anything you could share? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I like I love sharing like how things have been going well, but I definitely don't want the listeners to be discouraged or to think like, oh, everything's been easy as pie because there have been some definite failures. There have been, um, you know, struggles completely. So let's see. Uh, I'd like to take you back to 2017. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when my when my business was in, we were like low six figures. Um, that's when we decided to hire employees. That was the hardest year of my life. A hundred percent. Like harder than having a baby and all that. Like it was very, very challenging. Uh, we had to figure out how to transition to the employee model because where we were at in our business, like there's laws around how you, you know, when you need in contractors and when you can have employees, like you can't treat contractors like employees and all this stuff. So when I realized like, oh my God, like I can't have contractors because I need employees. I had to make that change over. And um, it was hard because we had to kind of like, not talk about it to our current team because we didn't want to have an interruption in service, but we, at the same time, we needed to start hiring people locally and get them trained up. So that was a really intense and, uh, kind of scary couple of months of making that transition. That's actually when I first started working with Allie. So she was really helpful in like helping me make that transition. And she's the one that helped me with the mindset of like sharing with my contractors, Hey, this is what's happening. Doesn't mean anything like, uh, you know, everything's fine. You guys can still offer this service as a contractor because that you, know, you can't have contractors do non-competes because that's the whole point is they can do the service for multiple people. So some of my contractors started a booking agency and I said, hey, as long as you don't steal my clients, I'll refer business to you if it's, if the client's not a good fit for us. So we've worked really well together over the years. Um, so that was a really hard year. Like, I, I'm kind of being careful with my words because like with employee failures, you can't like talk about like HR rules and stuff, but there were some very, very challenging um you know, hires and fires with people. Um, you know, I've had staff, I, I had an employee that like basically stole time and, you know, lied and I've had to go through terminations and like fighting unemployment claims and stuff like that. Like, so there were some very challenging times. Um, 
but I got through it. And that's honestly one of the reasons I brought on a business partner, which is a huge part of my entrepreneurial journey is at the beginning of 2018, I made my first employee, Margie Feltune, I made her co-owner of the business. Wow. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about that, but that's a, yeah. that is a very significant part of my story that I think would be helpful. Yeah. Because, let's get into that. Sure. Yeah. So as women, we like to collaborate. And um, I, I got to a part of my business where 2017 was so hard. I was so exhausted and depressed from just keeping the business going and having employees and trying to figure out how to make business more profitable. And like, I was in tremendous personal debt. I mean, I had over $40,000 of credit card debt personally. Um, so it was, well, there, there's something to share with you guys. It wasn't all peaches and roses and six figure years. Like we had decided to have a nanny for our son. Cause I didn't want to put him in daycare, but then I had this growing business. Uh, turns out nannies are not cheap. So got into a lot of credit card debt and really in like 2017 it was, it all just kind of came to a head. And I was like, I can't keep going like this because I have more money. Like personally, there's more money out going out than is coming in. And like something has to change. So we enrolled our kids in school, um, like in a preschool, which was much more affordable. And we really put a plan in place to start paying down our debt. Um, but you know, at the same time, we're making the transition of having employees. And, you know, Margie was just such a key person in my life, just as my chief of operations and like such an amazing employee and a great friend. And I realized, like, honestly, I, I'm really into mo yoga and meditation and just really thinking about it and letting my mind get quiet. I was like, I want her to be my partner. Like, I don't want to do this business alone anymore. I want a partner. And um, that was really hard because the business wasn't worth anything. Like, I, I wasn't going to ask her to buy into it. She was already, you know, a full-time employee. And just talking to, like, a couple people in my life, like my husband and um, family and stuff, they're like, well, you don't just give half your business away. Like, right. But I did. <laughs> That's all. And it was like in such a, um, like I, I, you know, at first I offered her at her year review, like, a. I, I did a lot of um, research into like giving employees equity and stuff like that. And I offered her like, I don't know, like 10% equity. And she was like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, thanks, but no. Um, and, uh, that's so actually really, a just, lot of equity though. That's actually a lot of equity. Most people don't is. give away 10% of their company. I mean, that alone yeah. is, that was a big give. Yeah. But I just, I thought about it and I was like, I want a partner. I don't want someone that just has a small amount of equity. Cause then there's just this, we're imbalanced still. We're not equals. And I wanted an equal, uh, because she brought so much to the table that balanced me out. And, um, and so I really thought about it. And I remember it was probably like the end of December and um, so cheesy. It was like not businessy at all. I like wrote her a letter handwritten and I read it to her. And I was just like, I want you to be my business partner. I don't like, didn't ask her to like invest in the business. I'm just like, come on board, 50%. It's yours. Like, let's do this together. So let's talk about the dance too then of being a mom and a CEO because um, I think this is what holds a lot of women back. Like initially you said, I wanted something for me and you, everything mm -hmm. organically kept going to the next level and, you know, you kept taking the next step and wanted more and all of that, which is fantastic. But mm -hmm. do you have, um, systems in place? Like, what are you doing to feel good in both roles, if you will? Like, what do you, mm -hmm. what, what do you have in place? So I, 
work 10 to 4.30. So I have a very clear schedule of when I'm working and when I'm home. Um, I also do not work from home, which was another really important thing for me is to separate it. I worked from home for the first couple of years and then I just kind of got cabin fever. I'm an extrovert. Like I needed to be around people. Um, And just having a separate office space outside my house was really um, key because it allowed me to like really just separate things and compartmentalize so I can... (laughs) hopefully be a hundred percent with the thing that I'm with, whether it's my business or my family. Um, so, you know, just like, I guess a peek inside the day in the life, like I'm up with the kids, like my daughter's waking me up at 6am and I take her to school at nine 30. So like there's a solid morning just doing crossword puzzles and reading books and eating breakfast and drinking coffee in the morning. Then I take her to school and go to the office for at 10. Um, and then I leave the office at four 30, like four 30, I'm out of there and, you know, home by five for the evening. So I just keep it pretty separate and I don't work super long hours. Wow. And that's all sustainable and with your partner too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a big part of like having a partner is like, if I didn't have a business partner, I don't, I don't think I could sustain those short hours because before I had a business partner, um, and before our employees were like trained up and with us long enough to like have a key to the office and stuff like that, like I was rushing to get to the office to open up at 9 a.m. And I was there, you know, a lot of times till after five. And it was really, really tough. Um, and then it got to a point where even before Margie became co-owner, she's like, you know what, Nathan, one of our employees, she's like, he's been here long enough. Like, just give him a key. He can open up. Like it's fine. Like she's really been great for me. Like she she's um different. She doesn't have kids. She has cats. Um, so yep. she's been really helpful. Um, I'm a Capricorn. She's a Libra. Like she's really <laughs> pushed me to be more, uh, like she's really encouraged me in a, at a lot of times to like, Hey, just, uh, you know, come in late. It's fine. Work from like, we had a issue. We were, our house is on the market and our buyers just walked and I was texting her in the morning and I'm getting ready. And she's like, why don't you work from home today? It doesn't sound like you need to come into the office. I was like, thank you. <laughs> so you've been fortunate. Yeah. You guys sound like a really good team. You sound like a really yeah. good team. Um, yeah, we are a team. So what advice would you give to a woman who's like, wow, this sounds so good and I've had this idea and I'm afraid I want to start. What advice would you give to a woman out there? Hmm. Who's just kind of nervous wants, to get yeah, started? Yeah, she wants to get started. She really wants to get started. I mean, honestly, just start, um, just take that. I would make a list of a couple of the things like what needs to happen now. Cause I think at the beginning, a lot of times we think about like, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do all this marketing. Think about like, okay, what are the next few things that you need to do just right now? Like the needs to be done because in the beginning, like I didn't even have a website for a while. Like there are certain things that people say you should do for like long-term brand building, but you don't need like get a client, get one client. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, just start building connections with people in your industry and, you know, maybe it's offering some free services so you can get a testimonial and then maybe get a referral, like just get a client in the beginning, just know like every expense, like, is it going to bring you, don't worry about decorating your office and like getting cute stuff on the walls. Just like get a client, you know, Mm. get some business coming in the door. I love it. It's practical, but so wise. It's so good. Um, okay. (laughs) So this has been so good. So let's get into some more rapid fire questions. Um, Jessica, how do you define, define success? Success, uh, to me is I feel happy and content with every day of my life. It's beautiful. I love that. Um, a resource for the women listening, whether a book course, 
I would say a person, but then we'd know your dad. So everyone check out Jim, um, but other than your dad. <laughs> um, I recommend land, the Landmark Forum. It's really, really, it, it changed my life. Um, the Landmark Forum, it's, it's just a fantastic transformational program. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, do you have a morning or evening routine that helps you stay focused and, you know, on your success? So <laughs> I'm just kind of laughing because I did think I would like talk about this, but honestly, I just got into a really great skincare routine, which has been, <laughs> I never thought about it contributing to my success, but I have recently invested in some very nice skincare products and actually investing in just kind of that like um, personal hygiene and like taking care of myself at the end of the night, not just like maybe wipe. Like I used to just like wipe the makeup off with a wipe and that was like it, you know? Right. And now it's like, I wash my face twice with really good cleanser. I put facial oil on, I use the Jade stone and I go, and then I put my bathrobe on. And then every night I just feel so, I feel like the whole day is washed off me. I feel like I'm down to like a complete clean slate. I mean, literally, literally. On my <laughs> but it kind of like helps complete the day. Um, so that's been really, really nice recently. <laughs> oh, I love that. The product is Jade Stone. Is that what you said? Um, no. So I'm really into Drunk Elephant. Oh, um, their products this. are amazing. Yeah. Very like low on the toxic scale because uh -huh. um, I look everything up on Skin Deep to make mm -hmm. sure it doesn't have toxic chemicals. Yeah. Um, Jade Stone is just like that roller that you like put on your face to just kind of like, um, I don't know what it does to be honest. I've with seen you. it. Are they always Jade though? I think I've seen Amethyst. It's just There's like. There's Rose Quartz. Yeah. I have a Jade. Oh, I mean, I think any stone. kind of cool stone will do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen those. I haven't experimented with one of those, but it sounds like you like it. They feel really good. <laughs> they do? Okay. Well, that's actually really lovely. Self-care is critical. So I love hearing that you're taking care. Yeah, you're making yourself a priority. Can you leave the women listening with your best three tips for success? Yes, I love this. So... My number one tip, and I know I've talked about this already, but it's so important, is just to um, work with a coach or a mentor, someone that has is further along in the business journey and that you really trust and have a connection with because there's so many coaches and mentors out there. You really need someone that kind of gets you and can help you. So definitely work with somebody to advise you, but don't have too many cooks in the kitchen, like one at a time because <laughs> um, sometimes they contradict each other and that's confusing. Um, my other tip that we haven't really talked about, but is super important is to really know your numbers. This is so important. This is actually one of the things that Margie really brought to the table. And one of the reasons I love having her as a partner is together we've just gotten super in reality about our numbers like i check the bank statements every day we know what our profit is um we know revenue net like just be super clear about that because we can talk about like revenue and gross growth all the all the time but what's really important is like what are you actually taking home and what's your net profit and all that stuff so really really get clear about your numbers so good and uh yeah. And then the third one is just, um, focus a lot on systems in your business. Um, this is something we're really doing right now on the back end is we've realized that so many of our systems haven't been updated in many, many years. Um, and so we're working with a strategy consultant who's helping us like move over to a new CRM and just like looking at ways you can cut time off of tasks because that'll help make you more profitable without, without having to like go find new clients. Um, so just make sure things are running smoothly and efficiently on the back 
back end. Oh, those are so good. I love that. Thank you so much. Now, Jessica, where can people learn more about you and your work? So uh, my website is interviewconnections.com. You can hop on our email list. Even if you're not ready to work with us, you can feel free to get on our email list and we can stay in touch. Um, If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm super active there and we can chat. Um, You just search Jessica Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S on LinkedIn and we can connect. Great. Um, This has been so much fun. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Thanks. This is so fun. Thanks, Michelle. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today and walked away with some new information. I thought that Jessica shared a lot of great tips and wisdom. If you know of somebody who would benefit from today's episode, please take a second to share it. And I'll look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.